Good morning, everybody. Welcome into the Wealth Guardians Radio program. I'm Doug Ray, and uh, with me is Bryce Payne, as usual. How you doing, Bryce? Doug, I am doing well, thank you. I'm. Uh, I've lost a little bit of weight over the weekend. You did? I did. I lost about twenty bills to you. Oh, <laughs> you know, we played so badly uh, in that uh, second quarter and third quarter. And we're still talking about the East Carolina Central Florida game. I'm not even going to take your money. I, I mean, oh, <laughs> oh, yes, you are. <laughs> well, so folks, I, I gave Doug a 24.5 uh, point spread on uh, his Pirates, and with 19 seconds to go, and uh, Central Florida leading by what was it, 27 points or something yeah, like absolutely. that. Well, wouldn't you know it that the Pirates had to go and score one field goal <laughs> and lower <laughs> lower the spread to 23 points. So, Doug. Oh, geez. Here is – go ahead and take it. What, what we are looking at here, folks, is about uh, about six months or so ago, we placed a $20 wager on the Tiger Woods, um, Brady, um, who else? Peyton Manning. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was it Mickelson? Who was it? Mickelson, yeah. Yeah. And so Doug owed me 20 bucks for that, and he paid me in jars and bags of old pennies. So I did you a favor, actually, though, Doug. I'm getting it back. You're getting it back. And <laughs> here it is all right here. But I have categorized everything for you by year. So oh. you didn't have that. So now you've got it all categorized. There you go. <laughs> Bryce, you never cease to amaze me, buddy. <laughs> well, hey, before we get started on today's show, Doug, like we always do, uh, let's give a, a tip of the hat, a nod, a salute to everybody out there who puts on a uniform of some kind, even the health workers out there. Uh, these are not easy times, and we know you're making sacrifices for the greater good. And we want you to know that here at the Wealth Guardians Radio Show, we are thinking about you. We appreciate you and your family and uh, everything that you guys put on the line for us. And Doug, you served as well, so thank you to you for your service in the Navy. Uh, you're welcome. Um, today's show is what are we talking uh, about? Social Security. Social uh, Security. Because it's one of our favorite subjects. It, it is, and, and we're finally about to do a live workshop on Social Security coming up in just a couple weeks. It's been a while. It's been February. It's been the end of February since we were able to hold a live event, and uh, we are excited, looking forward to it. Uh, these Social Security workshops, I think, have helped hundreds of people over the years we've been doing them, and I would encourage everybody to uh, come out and take a listen. Let me give you the dates. Thursday, October the 8th, Tuesday, October the 13th, and Wednesday, October 14th. Just have to attend one of these. Just one, and we're, we're doing three of them because we have to still have to do the socially distance mm -hmm. thing. You know, we'll definitely take precautions like CDC says. We'll have you spaced out. We can only have like 25 people at a time. That's why we're doing three workshops. We normally do two. Yeah, so we can uh, consolidate. It's, it's 6.30 each night at the Broyhill in Clemens, North Carolina. So come on out and uh, you know, let's talk about Social Security because we've had several situations over the years that have come up. Before we get into the case studies, where can they go online if, uh, if they want to register? You can go online at our, our website at www.thewealthguardians.com. There is an events tab. Click on that. And then you can register right there for whatever night you want. And if that's not your thing, you can always give us a call as well, 336 
336-391-3409. We can get you registered that way as well. Joy or Lynn will take care of you. 336-391-3409. Okay, so Doug, uh, Social Security, what do you want to talk about yeah, specifically? Yeah, you know, one of, one of the things I want to talk about is uh, everybody realizes you can start your Social Security benefits as early as age 62. And uh, that generally is not the best time for most people to start uh, their benefits. And over the years, what we've been able to determine is that a lot of people do it uh, at 62 because they need it. And, and that's one good reason to start at 62. That's a legitimate one. But the other reason is they're worried that the Social Security uh, Administration is going to run out of money and they're not going to get their Social Security benefit. And that's just not going to be the case. And, and I also want to address a, an ad uh, that Vice President Biden has going on right now because I think it's deceiving. Uh, he is saying that uh, the GAO has computed that the Social Security Administration is going to run out of money by 2023 based on current events. So let's step back and talk about that. I think everybody realizes that the Social Security Administration is funded via payroll tax. So is Medicare. You pay and your employer pays into it. Well, by executive order, President Trump stopped the payroll tax. Now, what is the GAO is doing is they're saying, well, this is going to be indefinite. Well, it's not going to be indefinite because it's a, it's a stimulus measure. You know, if you can keep more money in your pocket, you're going to spend it, and that's just going to grease the wheels of the economy. So I don't want people to hear this ad and get concerned that they're not going to get their Social Security benefit. You will. In fact, the next administration is going to have to actually do something to fix it. And the fix for Social Security isn't that hard. You know, right now, they stop taking payroll uh, taxes uh, for Social Security out once you go over a certain income level. Well, they can expand that level. They can go up. I think it's, uh, Bryce, remember what the cap is, like 100 128, and, 128,000, like yeah. So I think if that's. you make more than that, say that you make 150, well, that last 22,000, they're not taxing that for Social Security. Yeah, and, and Medicare, the, they tax an unlimited amount. So they could change that. That would go a long way to helping uh, the Social Security uh, deficits. The other thing is they're thinking very seriously about extending full retirement age. Uh, right now, it's about 66 or 67 for, for Depending on when people. you were born. Depends on when you were born. I could easily see them making it 68, yeah. 69 even. It was 62 when it first started? Yeah, I think yeah, so. That was their full retirement age back yeah. in the 20s? Yeah. So... Social Security is not a hard thing to fix. Now, Medicare and Medicaid, on the other hand, they are very difficult uh, situations to, to fix. But let me tell you why you ought to come to the workshop. We've had, over the years, some really good uh, real-life case studies. Uh, I've told about the divorcee who, uh, this was during the 2008 Great Recession. She had just been laid off, and she didn't know anything about divorce spousal benefits. Mm. Heard that one before. Yeah. And uh, sure enough, she was eligible for a divorce spousal benefit that uh, helped her get about $1,100 a month at a time where she critically needed it. Yeah. 
And then, you know, the spousal benefit itself is something that a lot of people don't even know. We find out, what, about 50% of folks know about it, another 50%? Yeah. Never heard of it? Yeah, that's about right. So spousal benefit's a great way uh, to pick up some Social Security benefits for the household while the primary earner is uh, delaying taking their benefits so they can pick up those delayed credits. You know, there's literally, for a married couple, hundreds of ways to file for Social Security. If you've been divorced, there's even more ways on top of that. Or if you're a, a widow, widower, there's even more ways to file. And oftentimes, I don't know if that I can say majority of the time, but oftentimes there is a way other than the basic filing for your primary benefits right off the bat is going to be more advantageous for you in the long run. Well, if this is not a field that you have studied and are familiar with, I wouldn't want to task an ordinary individual with trying to figure out on their own how to file for Social Security so that it's, it's most advantageous for you. That's why you would want to talk to somebody who is certified with the National Social Security Association, like we are, and who are familiar with the ins and outs and all the different uh, ways to file. And plus, we have the software to back us up and help us figure that out as well. Yeah. And, in, in, um, you know, like I said, there's a, a bunch of ways to file for, for uh, spouses, a married couple. There's no, uh, I guess, one perfect way, but there's uh, not. It, it, you have to really take your Social Security benefits and apply it to a retirement plan to get it right. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, very true. You know, you just can't go and say, "Hey, I'm 64. I want to get my benefit." Yeah, you know? my neighbor, my neighbor filed for his at 64. He and I live in the same neighborhood, so therefore we're probably pretty similar. I'll go ahead and file for mine at 60. That's the worst thing you can do. Well, yeah, because you might even forget about the earnings test. The earnings test exists from 62 to full retirement age, meaning that if you're still working and you make over a certain income and you file for your Social Security benefits, you're not going to get it all. Nope. They're going to take some away. So you'll find that out at the workshop, too. Again, let me repeat the workshop dates and time. Thursday, October the 8th, Tuesday, October 13th, Wednesday, October 14th, all at 630 at the Broyhill in Clemens, so you can call us at 336-391-3409 to register or go on thewealthguardians.com and the event tab at the top, click on it, and you can register right there. And you do have to register, folks. We would love to be able to tell you you can just show up, but that's not the case. We do have uh, reserve seating. It's limited. It's, remember, CDC rules says 25 right now, so we can only do 25 folks per workshop. So you got to register. Very good. All right, Doug, well, we're going to be moving to a break here in just a minute. But, folks, as I always do, I break out a trivia question to uh-huh. go into break. And, Doug, this one is going to make us feel old. How many pennies are in this 20 yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> This one's going to make us feel old. Sixty years ago, this week, this iconic cartoon debuted in September 1960. We are all familiar with this cartoon. You could go Saturday morning onto whether you're ABC, CBS, one of those networks, and you could probably still find this cartoon playing. It only aired for six years, and I'm going to give you a clue because I know there's a lot of cartoons. But 1960, holy cow. I didn't know that they even had... That was three then. I didn't even know they had crayons at that point. (laughs) It was the main character was modeled after Ralph Cramden. Oh. So we will go into break, folks. Think about that. We'll uh, give you the answer on the other side. What cartoon started 60 years ago this week, and the main character was modeled after Ralph Cramden? 
Interesting. And welcome back to the Wealth Guardians radio show. I'm Bryce Payne in Chair One. Next to me is Doug Ray in Chair Two. And uh, thank you for sticking around through the break. Uh, glad you're uh, with us today. Hope you're having a good early fall weekend. Doug, I know you are. I am as well, playing another yet another tournament today. This one's a, a charity tournament for, uh, it's called Discers for Whiskers, and it's a charity tournament for the local uh, SPCA. So it uh, cools up. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Last week, so I was in a tournament last week over at Yadkin. It was grueling. I had never felt so depleted physically at the wow. end of those, what was it, uh, 38 holes that we played. And it's up and down. I think you were probably, I was probably trekking about six miles through the woods at the wow. end of that. It is tough. So this one's not going to be that bad. But anyway, so folks, uh, if you're just now tuning into us, we are the Wealth Guardians. We are retirement specialists operating on the fiduciary standard. And if you are approaching retirement, even if you're five years away from retirement and you haven't yet sat down with a professional advisor, preferably one working on the fiduciary standard like we do, and you are not 100% certain that you are properly aligned for retirement, then I beseech you to give us a call, 336-391-3409. Again, 336-391-3409. Uh, give us a call and let's set up a time for us to go over, give you a second opinion on what you're already doing, and let's make sure that there is no unplanned or unforeseen obstacles in your way for living out the type of retirement that you want to. It's a holistic approach. There's no cost or no obligation for it. It's what we do day in and day out, and we would love to sit down with you as well. So again, 336-391-3409. Now, before the break, I asked Doug a trivia question, and this not only makes Doug feel old, it makes me feel old, which is saying something. 60 years ago this week, this iconic cartoon debuted in September of 1960. You were how old at that point, Doug? I was three. Wow. All right. I was three, 13 years later from that. <laughs> uh, or no, I guess 11 years later from that. And I gave you a hint. It was modeled, or the main character was modeled after Ralph Cramden. Well, Doug, who is Ralph Cramden? Well, he was a character on, um, was it Jackie Gleason? Jackie yes. Gleason in the show. Honeymooners, The right? Honeymooners, yeah. correct. Yeah. This cartoon was based off of that show. Well, when I was three and four and five years old, I would get up every Saturday morning and watch these cartoons. I've got two guesses. Okay. My number one choice would be the Flintstones. You got it. Okay. I was going to say the Jetsons or the Flintstones. Well, right. Yeah, the Jetsons would be a good guess, too. That came out a little bit later, I think. But yes, uh, not everybody knows that, that the Flintstones were modeled after the Honeymooners, and uh, Ed Norton was uh, Barney Rubble. Yeah, yeah. So One of my favorite cartoons, by the way. It was great. Yeah. It was great. Well, I love the Honeymooners, too. Yeah. That was always funny. They couldn't put that on TV, too. Today, though, but Alice well, to the moon. We are talking now in the second segment. We are going to be talking about uh, the retirement income certified professional certification that Doug, you have had. How long have you had yours? Oh my gosh, seven, eight years. Took, like that. took you about a year, year and a half to study for it. About a year. Okay. So I just got mine. Uh, Congratulations, by the way. Thank you very much. I I don't know how it happened, but apparently I passed the test. I never go into tests particularly confidently, but I always seem to pass them. Uh, So I am now certified as well, so that's both of us. And so I thought it would be interesting to bring up a couple of things that I learned, and I'm sure that you learned this as well. Maybe you already knew them before, but if you took the RICP, you, you knew it. You know it now. Some takeaways 
uh, from this course. This is a course that if you're getting advice from an advisor on setting up your portfolio to be properly allocated for retirement, this is a great certification to have or for whoever you're talking to to have. So the first thing that I learned here, overall encompassing, I always knew that it's a good idea to start planning for retirement a couple of years out. But this really solidified in a few ways why it's a good idea to start planning at 59, whether you are planning on retiring in one year or 10 years, start planning for your retirement at 59. And here's why. Maggie. Ah, okay. Modified adjusted gross income. income. The reason that that is important, you have to set up accounts so that when you are in retirement or when you are now eligible for Medicare parts B and D, you want to make sure that you are withdrawing or that the income that you are drawing on is affecting your uh, modified adjusted gross income as little as possible. Well, why would that be? Because there are different tiers for your premiums in Medicare Part B and D. And if you're taking all of your income from IRA accounts or non-qualified accounts, then you are probably in a higher tier than you need to be. So if you years earlier have set up something like a life insurance policy that you'll be able to take loans or withdraws out on, if you've got a uh, you've converted some of your IRAs to Roth monies ahead of time, you have to do that some years in advance. You can't just convert and then turn around and, and make withdrawals the next year. You have to do that in advance. So if you're doing these types of planning uh, a couple of years before you file for Medicare, a couple of years before you file for um, or before you retire then you're in a much better position to be in a lower tier for Medicare overall. Doug, your thoughts on that? Another reason uh, to be mindful of Maggie and order your income uh, to make your Maggie as low as possible is Maggie is a part of the calculation for provisional income, which is a part of the calculation that uh, will determine what level of Social Security taxation you may or may not get. Yes, tax Social Security can be taxed at two tiers, mm-hmm. 15% or 85%. Mm-hmm. And so you would obviously much rather have only 15% of your Social Security taxed rather than 85% of it taxed. So it's another good... You know, it's that course I thought was so great uh, because it brings out a lot of detail in this planning. I, I'll never forget back when I first got into the business 32 years ago, income planning was basically just selling off some stocks when you needed income. That was it. Yeah. That's all we did. Yeah. You know, maybe have some dividend income, maybe some tax-free bond income in the mix, but that was about, about it. Yeah. Yep. So Pretty simple. Good stuff, Bryce. Well, very good. Let's move on to the next one, uh, kind of tying into that, how reconsider applying for reconsideration works. So if you are now filing for Medicare for the first time, let's say it's 2020, you're filing for Medicare, you're 65. Well, in order to figure out what tier you're in, They look back at your 2018 taxes, not your 2019 because it's not there yet. So then obviously not the 2020. So they're looking back two years at your tax returns. Well, if you were working two years ago, but you're not working today, then you obviously would be unduly forced into a higher tier. You're paying a higher premium for your Medicare benefits than you need to. So you can apply for a reconsideration 
that says, look, the income I made two years ago that you're looking at is not the income I'm making today. And additionally, the difference in those two incomes would knock me down to a lower tier. Somebody will look at that and say, either agree with you or not agree with you. And so that is a technique that you can use to also lower your uh, premiums for Medicare as well. And so we went kind of into the, uh, the whole thing about how reconsideration of applying for that works to lower your MAGI. Moving on to a next topic that uh, we talked about, reverse mortgages. Now, um, I know there's a lot of misconceptions about reverse mortgages out there, and we don't do reverse mortgages ourselves, so we don't have any any uh, skin in the game on this. But I will tell you that using reverse mortgages, particularly in the right way, is a key aspect if you need income in retirement from some source or another. And what I learned, well, I've known that for a while, and Doug, we have referred some people um, in various situations to go talk to a HECM or a reverse mortgage specialist lender. And what I learned, though, is the most common way that reverse mortgages are used tends to be as a last resort later on in retirement. That is actually the least effective way for a reverse mortgage to be used. A more effective way, or what's through all the studies that have been done, the most effective way for a reverse mortgage to be used is earlier on in retirement, and you take withdrawals from that in years when your uh, investment portfolio is on the low side. If you just take withdrawals out of your investment portfolio while it's down, it's harder for it to go back up. But if you take withdrawals from your reverse mortgage loan, which is basically just cash during those low years and let your portfolio alone so it can grow back up when the market goes back up. That is the most effective way to use it. So while we've known about reverse mortgages, I was not aware that a majority of the people use them in what happens to be one of the least effective ways. There's a lot of ways to skin a cat in this game, folks. And, uh, you know, Bryce is right. You really need to seek advice from a professional who's uh, specifically trained in retirement planning. And to get you there, let me remind you, we're actually doing our Social Security workshop live and in person coming up in a week or so. Let me give you those dates. Thursday, October the 8th, Tuesday, October 13th, Wednesday, October 14th at 6.30 in the evening, all at the Broyhill. We will be going under CDC guidelines. That's no more than 25 people Per workshop, that's why we've got three of them scheduled. We will have social distancing, and we will give you a bottle of hand sanitizer when you come in. Complimentary. Complimentary. All right, Bryce, what's another one you learned? Okay, so uh, we're going to kind of tie two together here. There are a lot of different retirement allocations that have been studied. And there are a lot of different withdrawal strategies that have been studied as well. So there's two different things there, a lot of different uh, portfolio allocations and a lot of ways to withdraw on that. And there is Dr. Wade Fow has done a lot of research on this. He's probably the uh, um, foremost uh, authority on uh, this particular subject. And he is a statistician and he is very smart and has run all these numbers. And this is something that I found interesting. The typical portfolio out there for a retiree is stocks and bonds. We know this. That's If you were to poll everybody, that would be the most common retirement portfolio of stocks and bonds. The most common way to withdraw from that portfolio is with what is called a constant 
inflation-adjusted measure. So you take out the same amount every year, but you're raising it for inflation. So you don't, go, you don't adjust your, what you're taking out based on what the market has done or what your portfolio value is. If inflation's gone up 2%, then you go up 2% the next year with it. So a stock and bond portfolio with a constant inflation-adjusted withdrawal method. Perfect. As it turns out, that combination is the highest failure rate Mm. for a uh, retirement portfolio. Hmm. Failure, and there's a different ways that they measure. He measures failure as well, but we we'll, won't go into the depths of all that. But it means that your money is going to run out before you do. That's every retiree's biggest fear. It is. It is one of their biggest fears is, uh, yeah, I, I'm, they're coming to us because they want to make sure that they've got enough money to last them. And I just found that interesting that the most common type of portfolio with the most common type of withdrawal method is the least set up for success out of all the different uh, ones that have been studied. So that is uh, another huge takeaway for us. So folks, if you think, hey, that sounds like my portfolio and I don't like the word failure, I might want to call these guys. Doug, our phone number, 336-391-3409. Again, 336-391-3409. Other than that, folks, we do thank you for sticking around through the show. Hope you learned something there. We'll see you next week here, or and hope to see you as well at uh, one of our uh, Social Security webinar seminars coming up. Not webinars, seminars. Live folks, and in person. You have a good weekend out there, folks. Take care.